This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, everyone, to the next episode of the Talking Forest podcast. Ben Fadner, host here. Thanks so much for listening on wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we have an interesting topic that was presented to me uh, in a question in a mailbag segment uh, that I had last week about the Padres just in general. Um, And the mailbag question came from DFA Hosmer, great username, by the way, on Twitter. And it was supposed to be just a mailbag segment. I was going to answer that question at the end of one of my episodes. Uh, But then I realized, you know, I could do a whole episode on this because I think it's a really interesting question and that question is should the Padres acquire Tyler Glasnow from the Tampa Bay Rays it's it's an interesting question because anyone that follows baseball as a whole Tyler Glasnow when he's on he is one of the best starting pitchers in baseball there's no doubt about that Uh, but he's dealt with some injury issues especially as of late Um, and the Padres might have to give up a lot but we're going to examine all of that in this episode. Again, thank you for listening and watching. Let's go. So Tyler Glass now in 2019, he had a 1.78 ERA with the Tampa Bay Rays. He's their ace, by the way, for anyone who didn't know. He is their best starting pitcher. He had a 2.66 ERA in 2021 before getting hurt. So like I mentioned earlier, extremely talented. His fastball explodes out of his hand. Just look up any highlights, you know, especially from the postseason in 2020. Uh, The curveball breaks off the table from what I've seen. Uh, 
And a positive, another positive for Glasnow, his salary for the Padres, at least from the at least from the Padres, you know, point of view, in a potential uh, deal, six million dollars is his salary would be his salary in 2022, uh, with an additional two years before free agency. Um, excuse me, not additional two years, just two years. So it would be 2022, 2023. Those are the two years the Padres would have Glass now under control for. Um, so those are the positives. You have multiple years of control, high upside guy, really talented, great fastball, pretty good curveball, just a really, really freak talented starting pitcher that would really help the Padres if he's healthy one of the best starting pitchers in baseball when he's healthy. Um, but now we go to the negatives on, you know, wanting to acquire glass now and potentially having him on the roster. He suffered an injury in 2021, like I mentioned, where he needed Tommy John surgery uh, and Tommy John surgery. Obviously all those pitchers that have had it, there's always that question that's posed. Well, what's going to happen, you know, when he, uh, you know, has to come back from Tommy John surgery. Is he going to be the same pitcher or is that surgery going to hold him back somehow? Or even if it doesn't hold him back somehow, is it a mentality thing? Is it a mental thing where it's, they're just scared that they're going to get hurt again? You, know, you just don't know. Um, now, with from recent you know, studies and all that, it looks like players have gotten have come back strong from those Tommy John surgeries. Um, so that's good news for just pitchers health overall, you know, I know Kluber and Jameson Tyone with the Yankees last year, I forget if it was from Tommy John, but I know that they had pretty good seasons, uh, to start. I know Tyone dealt with some injury Kluber as well, but I don't, if I remember correctly, it wasn't with the UCL or whatever, where that's usually where you get the Tommy John surgery. That's what kind of treats it. Um, so hopefully Paddock won't need that. He has the, he's dealing with that UCL injury, at least at the end of last year. And so he's, he's throwing, I've seen that he's been throwing, but again, that's a totally different pitcher. But as for glass now, um, you know, that injury, it's a question mark. He hasn't thrown more than 90 innings since 2018. Um, and so durability is another thing. And with the Padres rotation, Clevenger coming back, Snell got hurt last year, Darvish got hurt last year, Marahone got hurt last year, Weathers got hurt last year, Paddock got hurt last year. Um, Lamette is definitely a question mark. He got hurt last year as well. There's a lot of injury question marks, so bringing in another injury question mark might not be the best thing for the Padres. Um, and I personally rather just bring someone like a Zach Davies in terms of depth right now for in free agency. You don't have to trade for him and give up anything. And he's going to give you innings. You know, he stays healthy relatively. I know he had a down year last year, but he stays healthy in terms of what the Padres need with it's more depth. I don't, I don't know if it's more frontline pitching. Now you're probably like, Ben, you're so stupid because you know, why would you not want one of the best pitcher, young pitchers in baseball? And I understand that. I've, I've said that already in this episode that he is. But I've said this also in other episodes. I don't think that Darvish, Snell, uh, Clevenger, they're all going to get hurt again for the majority of the season. 
Um, and I know Snell wasn't. That was, you know, pretty much the end of the year. But he struggled last year. I don't think they're going to struggle and or all get hurt again um, this year. And those three guys, and then you added Musgrove, those are frontline starting caliber pitchers, especially with the way Musgrove pitched last year. So I don't think it's so much of a need for frontline starting pitching more so that I think more so they need more depth. I know they're bringing Nick Martinez in. At least that's what has been reported before the lockout. The deal is an official but I wouldn't imagine that Martinez goes elsewhere. So that's another arm. Um, but I think just adding depth, not necessarily frontline starting pitching would be the best option for the Padres. Um, but to, to, I mean, it's still a good discussion to have, so we can still continue to have that discussion. Another, I mean, just the negatives, like I mentioned the injuries, but he could leave after those two years of control after the 2023 season. Um, so he could be leaving just the same uh, offseason as Darvish and Snell. Those two guys have two more years of control. Who knows what happens if the Padres win a World Series, obviously. Go ahead, go wherever the heck you want, you know, because they, they would have done their job. Um, but that would concern me, having three frontline starters all leave in the same offseason, especially with the way that, the you know, the farm system starting pitching, lack of frontline caliber starting pitchers uh, is concerned. That would uh, concern me. Um, but, you know, when he's on, like I mentioned, one of the best starters in the league. That's that's the big positive, you know, the fastball, the curveball. But with that also comes a negative for the Padres and what they'd have to give up in this deal. For Blake Snell, they gave up a sizable deal, a sizable uh, return to Tampa. And one of those big guys was Luis Patino. Luis Patino, I mean, he didn't have a great year last year, but, I mean, I'd still like to have him, obviously. I'd like to have, obviously, both Blake Snell and Patino. And for Glass now, with the injury history, the Padres already have multiple, numerous frontline starters. I don't think there's that much of a need to – Bring in class now, um, you know, at the cost of giving up a top pros, giving up Mackenzie Gore, you know, when he hasn't made to the big leagues yet and you'd have him for six years, you know, hold, keeping my fingers crossed that Ruben Niebla can, you know, help him, help him develop and get him back on track. Do I, would I be interested in giving up Campusano for Glass now? Maybe more than Gore, definitely because it seems like Camposano's blocked. I think the DH will definitely go to an actual DH this year, like a Nelson Cruz or someone like that, Jorge Soler, someone like that. I think it will actually go to some, an actual DH. Now, whether that's multiple years down the line, if they give Schwarber a long-term deal, uh, that's to be determined. I think best the best thing for the Padres is they use that DH position as – a rotating position, give guys off days and all that, where they still get their bat in the lineup. Um, so I think that would make Camposano blocked there as well. So I'd be more willing to give him up for Glasnow because of Glasnow's upside. But I think that if the Rays are going to give up Glasnow, it's kind of like the um, – what other deal is that? I'm blanking on uh, the deal – 
uh, Meadows, Austin Meadows that I was mentioning uh, on an earlier episode this month. Um, if they're going to give up Meadows, you know, when he has three years left of control, they must know something that a lot of fans don't or casual fans don't and casual fans want Meadows, at least from what I've been reading, uh, you know, in response to my episode that they'd be willing to take a chance on him. Um, and it's the, it's the same thing for me, hesit, you know, hesitant, being hesitant, you know, in terms of that uh, with Glass now. Like, do they know something that the Padres don't if Glass now is made available? Now, I don't I don't know if he has been made available. I haven't seen reports that he has been. I don't think that he'll be traded this offseason because of how short it's going to be. And. Uh, because if they're going to trade him, you think that they'd want to trade him at a higher value when he shows that he can be healthy again and, he, and his arms healthy off of that UCL injury. So I don't see him being traded, you know, right now. Uh, but it's an interesting question down the line, maybe at the deadline, if the race season doesn't go as planned. But it's something to keep in the back of your mind if you're a Padres fan or any team, to be quite honest. What are their motivation? What are their what is the raised motives dealing their their ace? You know, uh, what were the raised motives when they dealt Snell to us? They I think they probably saw, you know, the downside coming. They didn't like they probably didn't like what the relationship would, would have been with Kevin Cash and Snell after the whole World Series debacle with Kevin Cash pulling Snell early when he was cruising through the Dodgers order. And then they end up losing the World Series that game, later in that game, when, you know, they bring in relievers out of the bullpen and they who were overtaxed and they just sucked it up. Uh, but what were their motives? You know, I think they saw that Snow probably wasn't going to have the best year this past year, and they were right. Now, hopefully the Padres can get the last laugh and he rebounds and, you know, goes and wins the Cy Young this year, which I think he's a dark horse for. Um, but... It's just that's the same thing with Glass now. That's my point is just be careful dealing with the Rays. I know that the Padres got Cronenworth in that deal with the Rays, but it was supposed to be the Tommy Pham deal, and Tommy Pham didn't work out great, you know, starting-wise. They might bring him back bench-wise, but it didn't really work starting-wise. So I'd be hesitant dealing with the Rays. I think that right now the Padres just need depth options and free agency on one-year deals maybe where they don't have to give up elite prospects. I think that would be better. Uh, I think you could go that it's a safer route in terms of depth, you know, with a Zach Davies, someone like that, someone that has, you know, produced someone that stayed healthy. You don't have that someone coming off a UCL injury, you know, that you're trading elite prospects for, you know, in return for Paddock, they already have on the team. There's that's a different thing than trading for glass now. Um, so those are my thoughts. Um, on the glass now thing. So my verdict, yes, they should acquire him based on talent, but no overall based on a variety of factors, the risk, the not really a need for glass now, not wanting to give up on Gore, like I mentioned in a previous episode. So I'd say no overall, um, but talent, yes, overall, no. Um, and then last thing here, mailbag question from Sergio Quintero on Twitter. Thank you so much, Sergio, for sending in another question. How painful will a package around Will Myers be to clear his salary? Good question. Um, I don't think it will. It would be 
as painful as obviously a Hosmer package because Hosmer has multiple more years. He'd obviously opt into his contract, the rest of his contract, because he sucked so far with the Padres. Um, his, you know, he's earned only four and a half million of the 80 million base salary that he's had over the first four seasons in a Padre uniform. So he's not worth any value on the trade market. He's a replacement level player. Myers, I don't think it would be as painful um, because he only has one more year left and he's produced more than Hosmer has. You know, he hit 17 home runs last year. He can play the outfield. He can play first. Versatility is a big thing around the big leagues now. He has more versatility than Hosmer. He could probably DH if you wanted him to. He has. He's just a better overall option than Hosmer. He's cheaper. Uh, this year, I believe Hosmer is going to be $20 million. Uh, Myers, $17 million. Myers, they wouldn't have to have him under contract for a long period of time. It would just be this one year. With that, so I, I don't think that the uh, to answer Sergio's question, I don't think that the package would be very painful that the Padres would have to give up. Maybe it's a mid-level prospect, but they're not going to have to give up a Camposano or a Gore, someone like that, or a Robert Hassel, who I think should be untouchable, by the way. I don't think they'd have to give up that for Myers. And if they do, oh, my goodness, that's a terrible move, unless you're bringing in Mike Trout, because – you only have one more year of Myers, and you're giving up a, a, a prospect that has six more years of control who could really help you in the future at a not huge salary. Um, so with that said, though, I, so I don't – to answer Sergio's question again, I don't think it would be that big of an issue, you know, a big package that they'd have to attach to Myers. If anything, they might just trade Myers, maybe take on a few million of the salary still, and they get back a mid-level prospect, pitching prospect, or a starting pitcher for depth in return. I don't even think – so I don't think really that they'd have to give up a whole lot of prospects, if any at all. But I think I'm on the side of keeping them. You have one year left, longest tenured Padre. I think – I mean, part of the reason also you want to keep them, you have three freaking outfielders right now, you know? I mean, you have two, but you have three if you want to include Jorge Alfaro or Profar. Or, you know, you have Nomar Mazzara in the minor leagues with the invite to spring training, but that doesn't count. So you have two real outfielders, Myers and Grisham right now, everyday outfielders that you're, you know, putting in the lineup. So, and with the shortened time, you know, between now and or whenever the agreement happens in spring training, I, I don't think that. Preller's going to have a whole lot of time to bring in multiple big power hitting outfielders and then facilitate a Myers trade and then bring in a DH and get depth in the rotation and try to figure out the whole Hosmer situation. It's a lot to ask uh, with one week or two week gap, however it's going to be probably one week because of how dumb these negotiations are going at the lockout. Um, so I, I'm more in the camp of keeping Myers one year, it's not a lot of money, 17 million. It's not as you know much as it has been. And I really want to see Myers, you know, having that champagne in the clubhouse. Some, you know, uh, as the longest tenured Padre, that would be really, really cool to see. And because any diehard fan, it was a whole different team in 2016. Myers was like the only guy here. 
Um, so it's been a whole different team. Preller, for better or worse, he's totally changed the makeup of the team with trades, with signings. Um, so Myers is like the one guy that's been there, longest tenured player. Um, even Glenn Hoffman's gone. I know he's not a player, but a coach, he's not there. So seeing someone who was going through the struggle like we were, you know, reach the mountaintop, that would be really, really cool. Um, so I'm in the camp of keeping Myers. I don't even think Serger's question. So if I was the Preller, Serger's question wouldn't even come into mind about what they'd have to give up. I wouldn't even give up anything. I wouldn't even deal him. Um, so that's my answer to that. Hope you uh, enjoyed this episode talking about if the Padres should acquire Glass now. Again, just to clarify, there haven't been reports of the Padres being interested in Glass now that I've seen or Glass now even being available because I think that the Rays you know, would want to sell higher than what he's at right now coming off the injury. Um, but that was a mailbag question that came in, and I wanted to give a full episode to answer that. So I hope you enjoyed. Until next time, let's go Padres. Any more questions you have, feel free to submit them at Talking Fires Instagram and Twitter in the comments section on YouTube. Thanks for listening and watching. Go Padres. Stay safe. See ya.